it's Testimony Sunday. And uh, we sent a text out um, that we wanted to share a really incredible, amazing, like, blow your socks off testimony. So um, make sure your shoes are done up real tight. Uh, because we've seen an incredible miracle, and we're going to tell you all about it, but we want to give you a bunch of backstory leading up to what's happened. So to do that, I need to invite to the platform. So I've got all these chairs. It's very official, doesn't it? It's like all the... So what's that song? All the elders, can't see, grounds, saints and elders, whatever. Anyway, Anita's going to come up and uh, grab a seat next to me, probably more just to hold my hand, because um, that's what wives do, and, uh, but she's part of it. And we're going to invite Jody and Steve. Come on up as well, Jody and Steve. Give them a big hand. Woo! All right, grab a seat. Grab a seat. It's a bit different, isn't it? It's good. Maybe we should do it like this more. Uh, so... Very cool. There is another seat, but that's because we're going to have other people. Look, I feel like my. I don't know. It's all right, Katie. Uh, all right. I don't not. I don't not like you. Is that all right? Okay, that's good. Um, yeah, we're going to have someone else come up as part of what we're talking about today too. So, so what we're talking about, and some of you know some of this story, but not many of you know all of it. So, we're going to just literally share everything. Um, no holds barred. It's all. It's all coming out today. Uh, this is an incredible testimony of God's goodness, uh, his mercy, his power, uh, his love for us, um, hope in the midst of the storm. Uh, There's probably heaps more. But saying all of those things, I reckon in each and every one of you there was one thing that just went, oh, I need that, or I need that encouragement today. Or, so this is really going to bless you. Today. The whole purpose of sharing this testimony is not to glorify Jody and Steve in any way. And they would be the first to admit, hey, it's not about us at all. They just couldn't wait to give glory to God in what has happened. Uh, so a little bit of background, because again, not everyone, we've got some visitors here. Some people are like, who's Jody? Well, that's Jody. Uh, we're going to give you some background and talk through. We're going to take time. We're not going to rush through this, because the end result is, wow, God is awesome. So... Uh, those of you that don't know, Jody and Steve joined our church, I don't know, a year and a half ago now? Maybe a bit more? Just over a year? Almost a year and a half, maybe. And, and um, they were meant to just be passing through. This is funny. This is one of my uh, funny stories where like, we connected on Facebook initially. Jody was sort of scoping out the town. Their plan was to travel around the country and just stop at little places for a couple of weeks or a month or two or whatever and then keep going. Uh, but I said to Jody, I'm telling her about our church and a bit about us, and I said, be careful because you might end up staying here. And uh, at the time, it's like, oh, every pastor says that, oh, he just wants more people in his church or whatever. But the funny story is, and we'll make it short because that's not what we're here to testify today, but they ended up staying. Uh, one month turned into three months, turned into six months, turned into a year, turned into, oh, let's, what are we kidding? Let's just stay. Uh, because they love it here. Uh, and who wouldn't? You love it here, don't you? That's why you're here. Um, so Stanthorpe is a great place to settle. Uh, and, and so they were excited. They're back involved in ministry. Jody helps us with our uh, kids' church and our junior kids' club and even jumps in at kids' club sometimes and helps on a Friday. And uh, Steve's been awesome helping out at men's breakies and, and coming along and just being part of that and, and just supporting us in prayer and uh, giving me massages. So uh, if you need a massage, sorry, it's a business plug in church, but he's amazing. Uh, so talk to Steve afterwards. Um, sorry, Lord, if that was the wrong thing to do, but, but he's really helped me because you know I've had a car accident and uh, he's brought really good relief. So that's all the good stuff, but in the time that they've been here, uh, in 12 months, Jody had two miscarriages. And I mean, every miscarriage is hard. I don't want to say one was worse than the other. But I know that the second one was probably more so challenging in that we had Jody and those of you might have been here on that day literally stand right where that other chair is pretty much. And we prayed for a good report and for life and we believed that this was going to be God's. And Anita had a really strong sense that God's going to do this. And uh, we prayed that day and literally that afternoon it all fell to pieces. Um, and, and so I guess I want to start off with... And I don't want to dwell on this too long, but I think it's important for us to know how you both felt, you know, the second miscarriage. You've been up in front of a church and prayed. Like, 
what was going through your mind and heart and feelings at the time? So I think um, the second time round was a little bit different to the first time because, um, so for those of you that don't know um, or haven't heard of this before, um, I had what was called a blighted ovum. So when I had my scan 10 days before that day we were here, um, they had done my first scan and there was no baby in the sack. And um, I didn't know that I had a blighted ovum, I didn't understand, I just knew there was no heartbeat and they couldn't see the baby. And so I was devastated, I went home, I really believed that God had said, I'm going to give you a child, hold on, have hope. Um, I spoke to my GP the next day um, and he said, yeah, we're going to do another scan and do some blood to make sure we didn't miss anything. And so for the next 10 days, waiting for another scan and doing bloods and all of that kind of thing, I gathered my prayer warriors. I didn't go out anywhere, I stayed home and we just fervently um, prayed and we just stood on God's word and we prayed hard and we just really believed that um, God was going to do this miracle. And then I turned up on that Sunday going, God's going to do something. And um, I had planned to come and right before I came, I had started bleeding. Um, and I, I rang a meeting and I said, I'm not going to go to the hospital, I'm going to come here instead and I know that God's going to do something. And um, I got here and the bleeding stopped. And so I thought, God's going to do something. And then we stood and we prayed and, I, and people gathered around me. And then that afternoon, um, hadn't even gone home. Um, and then the bleeding started again much heavier. And we went to hospital and were confirmed that we had, um, in fact, miscarried. Um, so I guess, you know, that was a really challenging time for us. And we didn't, I, Steve continued coming to church and I um, stayed away for it maybe a month and a half or something because I just couldn't face people. I couldn't, um, I found it really just hard to go out anywhere. I didn't go into town, I didn't go anywhere really because I just couldn't be face to face with people and had lots of condolences and it was just, I was so broken. Like it was just a really hard time. Um, and you know, God held me together through that. Um, and then Anita continued to say to me, God's word does not return to us void. God gave us all those words and he promised us this child. Um, you know, I really believe that this child is still coming, um, which was really hard for me to hear at the time because I kind of was like, oh, come on, this baby's gone now. But it's just, it felt hopeless to me at the time. Um, but yeah. I don't... If we can go to Steve, because how are you feeling? I mean, you're... You're not the one carrying the baby, but you've got a wife that's going through what she's going through. As a man, how do you feel? Um, I found it really difficult because um, it really hit me the first one. But then the second one, like Jeremy said, I had my wife. Um, I then had our three kids. They were absolutely devastated. Um, and I just had so many questions, you know, like I'd been feeling what God was telling me as well. And, um, and then hearing what, you know, what we were doing, we were getting up every morning early. Um, and then before we went to bed every night, the kids and Jody and I would gather around Jody and all lay hands on her stomach. Um, we prayed morning and night and just, you know, we just felt this was it. it was, we were going to see a miracle. Um, we didn't, I didn't have any doubts. Um, but yeah, I, then when it happened again, I, I just had so many questions. Um, I've seen miracles before, and I just, God, what, what, what? I just kept, it kept going over in my head, why, what, why? And I just, I don't know, I just, I, I've never, would be able to get to that place where I didn't believe in God. So I've seen and experienced so much stuff. And um, but I was just, I just, I guess I had that moment as a, a husband and a father, like just that deep, I don't know, I was just crushed. And um, put it bluntly. And I just, I don't know, I just, I became numb. Um, struggling to pray because you know we're going from every morning and night praying to the point where we just stop and I I just didn't know what to do I didn't know how to support Jody I didn't know what to say because 
nothing I was ever say was I knew wasn't going to sort of do anything. I wasn't going to console her because she was just deeply like there was that deep hurt and loss there. And um, yeah, I just didn't know what to do or say. So you go through a season like that, and many of us could potentially relate with not necessarily miscarriages, but seasons of your life where you're believing and you're believing, you've got faith, but it just doesn't come through. And so I'm just glad that we can be very real and raw today and show that you go through battles and they're difficult seasons, they're challenging times. And many of us have been there. And maybe you even do question God and question your faith. And, well, why God? Why is this happening? Particularly men of the house being the spiritual heads of their home. We carry that burden and weight of, well, we want to see God move. We want to see. And, and I'm looking at my wife and she's so upset because of what's going on. God, what do I do? What words do I speak? Because there's, there's no words when you're facing your second miscarriage in, in 12 months. So that happened, the second miscarriage, was that around March? February? February. So, yeah, so February this year. So then we fast forward, and I trolled your Facebook page to check when you told everyone. Um, 21st of April, uh, Steve and Jody announced that they're pregnant again, and that number four is finally on the way. So talk us through the excitement of that time. So we actually, um, so we got, we had that miscarriage right before my 40th, um, two weeks before my birthday, and then um, the end of the next month. The end of March, we found out we were pregnant. We just didn't tell anybody because this time, the last time, we were like, we're just going to tell everyone straight away before our scan because we're going to celebrate this baby and speak life into it. And this time, we held off. Um, we wanted to have our first scan and make sure everything was well. Um, and we did. We had our first scan and we saw our baby and we saw a heartbeat and it was a very healthy baby and heartbeat. And so we were just overjoyed. And actually driving to that scan, um, we decided this time to go to work. And driving to that scan, so the last time when I went to the scan, um, I just, like I literally got to the to the scan place and I was shaking like a leaf before my scan, almost like I knew what was coming. And it was just completely devastating. Whereas this time I was driving to work and I was so anxious. And then I just felt God say to me, don't be anxious, there'll be joy, there'll be rejoicing. And so by the time I got to the scan, I just felt this immense peace come over me and I just felt this, you know, everything's gonna be okay. And then we had our scan and it was well and um, we yeah, couldn't wait to share and so we did. Yeah, well all God's promises are yes and amen. And so we felt all the way through that second miscarriage when we got Jody up and prayed and we spoke, we almost prophesied really, life. and and. And then what happened happened, which is devastating. But there was just something in us that we just held on to. Like, God's word doesn't return void. Mm-hmm. He said those things. Either he said them or he didn't. And maybe it was our flesh. But we were so confident that God had spoken, that God was in control, that we didn't know what it looked like or how it was going to happen. So when we heard the news about Jody being pregnant again, we're like, huh, this is it. This is the moment. And so... It's a season, I guess, of rejoicing and excitement and, and, and you're pumped, your kids are pumped again and um, Melody's pretending to carry around stuffed animals in baby carrying things and they're just excited, which is, that's very normal. But let's fast forward now to Thursday the 1st of June, uh, which is, is that last week or the week before? Week before. Uh, Tell us about what happened on that day, because this is when it took a bit of a turn. Yeah, so um, just to backtrack a tiny bit, um, our first miscarriage we had, um, I should have been 10 weeks and I was measuring eight weeks. Second miscarriage I was supposed to be eight weeks and was measuring six weeks, so both were missed miscarriages, two weeks, we had lost the baby by two weeks. Now we were almost 14 weeks, and so second trimester, we're all good, we're all safe. I had an appointment with my midwife, um, not last Thursday, the Thursday before. And it would have been the first appointment where she would have been able to pick up the heartbeat on the Doppler. Um, and um, she tried and she tried and she tried for a really long time to pick up the heartbeat. Um, she could pick up my heartbeat in the background, she couldn't find the baby's heartbeat. Um, now that can be normal with a Doppler. And so um, I had told myself that going in, she doesn't find it, try not to stress, but of course, my anxiety was through the roof and I had really badly wanted to hear that heartbeat and so I got very emotional and cried because she tried for so long and couldn't find it. And um, and so she said, whatever you need, you know, I'll send you if you want bloods, if you want a scan, whatever you want, I'll refer you. And so I said, okay, I think I'd like to have a scan. 
And so, um, yeah, so that afternoon I booked a scan, um, which was, so it was Thursday, I booked the scan for the Monday. Um, what I can do in the next Well then, what happened was, I guess, Saturday came, and someone, I think, had made a comment saying, oh, what if you go to the hospital and you can, you can get a scan straight away, so you're not waiting till Monday. Obviously, put yourself in Jodie's shoes, two miscarriages in 12 months, uh, no heartbeat on from the doctor. You, you want to know, don't you? You don't want to just sit around and twiddle your thumbs and, and see what happens. Uh, and so you go to the hospital on Saturday, and um, I don't think it was coincidentally, not that I want to wish harm on my daughter, but on that Saturday, she's like tore a tendon, I think, or sprained her ankle so badly at netball that Anita had taken Melody to the hospital. So Anita and Melody are there, Jodie and Steve are there. Do you want to talk about what Anita said to you then? Yeah, so um, I had a lot of anxiety, decided to go to the hospital for the scan, and I'm sitting there waiting, and and um, anyway, Anita sat across from me and she just smiled at me in her beautiful Anita smile. You know the one? Um, this one right here. I always say to her, she's just got the most joyous smile and she just smiled at me with this reassuring smile and said, I've been meaning to message you and tell you everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to go well. The baby's going to be okay. And so I kind of, that eased my mind a little bit and I thought, it's going to be okay. I'm going to go in for the scan and they're going to find the baby and it's, you know, they're going to see the heartbeat properly. It's not a Doppler. They'll see it on scan. Everything will be well. Um, and then... I'll, I'll get Anita to butt in yeah. there and then we'll get you to share yeah. beyond that. So, Anita, I want you to talk about how you felt through this whole journey. We've touched on it, but we want to hear from you. And um, what you did when you got the news from Jodie that she's... Um, hasn't said yet what happened, but, but how you felt um, when Jody shared that news with you, and and then what you said to Steve yeah. on the phone. So maybe before we get yeah. to that, you need to share you need to share what happened. So you're going for your scan. So I went in for my scan, um, and the doctor first, you know, said to me, "I'm sorry about your last two miscarriages. It's very common. I've had miscarriages myself." Um, and she started the scan. Um, and she looked from three different angles and she pointed, she pointed to where that baby's heart was and there was no heartbeat. And then she moved the wand away from the baby and said, see all this blood flow out here. There's no blood flow where the baby is. There's no blood flow where the baby or the placenta are. Um, there's no activity, there's no heartbeat. The baby's gone and the baby's measuring 12 weeks, not 14 weeks. I was supposed to be 14 weeks that day. This happened two weeks ago. It's a missed miscarriage again. And um, she said, you'll need to still have your scan on Monday, the full scan, and then you'll need to come back to the hospital straight away and we'll discuss whether you want to have a DNC or because of the gestation, we can induce labor or you can wait to go into labor naturally. Um, and we were absolutely crushed and angry. And um, she snuck us out the back way so we didn't have to walk past anybody. And I messaged Anita and I said, we, you know, I told them what happened. And then Anita said, I, you know, I'm going to pray. And I said, we've snuck out, we've left. Like, we're, we're not there anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Jodie messaged Anita and I and just said exactly that. The baby's dead, there's no heartbeat, and uh, now you can pick up. What you felt instantly, what you felt through the whole thing, um, maybe even what you prayed, I don't know, share whatever you want to share. And then um, after all of that, you've talked to Steve on the phone later in the day. So maybe just cover off on all those aspects. Um, so when you were first pregnant with the second um, baby that ended up miscarrying, Jodie had contacted me and said, I just want a few friends that are full of faith that can pray and um, stand with me for this baby. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Let's, let's do this. Let's hear what God has to say. Because when you get God's word on something, then you can anchor into that and you can be assured no matter what, if God said it, it's a done deal. So we did, and you had beautiful scriptures that God had given to you uh, about there not being miscarrying in the land and that um, he would bring forth a child from the womb. And um, those promises just resonated in me, those words from the scripture. And so um, we began to pray, and I had an absolute assurance fill me 
that this couple was going to have their fourth child. And so when, um, when that miscarriage happened, I sought the Lord about it and um, because she said it was an empty sack like that. And I said, well, what is that? Because this baby is still coming. I know it is, but what happened? And I just got the word foreshadow, that that pregnancy was a foreshadow of the one that was to come. And I went, okay, that's, that's great. There's another one coming. And um, so when Jody told me that she's pregnant again, I was like, this is the one. You're going to have this baby. I knew it with every part of me. And then when Melody and I pulled up at the hospital to get her, her ankle looked at and x-rayed, um, we saw Jody and Steve's car. And I looked at Melody and I said, well, now I know why we're here. <laughs> and um, sure enough, we got to sit across from you and I was able to say, everything's going to be well, it's going to be okay. And um, then you guys went in for the scan. Steve came back through the waiting room and he looked at me and he just shook his head and he said, there's no heartbeat. And I had to, I don't know what my face was like, but I was trying so hard not to smile because something in me went, no, your baby's alive. And I wanted to say to you as you walk past, it's okay, don't worry, your baby's alive. And then, but you know, he's walking, he's sad and we're in the waiting room and I'm like, ah, oh, I just go and pray and, and ask God about the timing of when to say this. And, um, and then you messaged me that you'd left the hospital and I said, and Marion, thankfully, had come to, to sit with Melody and I. And, um, and I said to them, oh, I just want to go to the car and pray. Everything in me just wants to go and pray. And Melody goes, well, go and pray, Mum. And I said, but I'm here for you. You need your, you rolled your ankle. I need to be. She goes, Marion's got it. She's here with me. You go pray. I said, will you tell me when they call you in? And uh, so I got in the car and I was, my spirit was fired up. And I, and I said, um, Lord, Lord, I can't pray anything else because your word hasn't changed. You said that this baby would go full term and would be born for the glory of God. So I can't say anything else to you except thank you for the life of this baby. This baby is alive and it's coming and it will be born for the glory of God. And I said, um, now what do I tell Steve and Jody? <laughs> and so I really prayed into that, uh, how to be an encouragement to them in the midst of um, such devastating news that they've just received and just seen with their own eyes on the screen. And so I, all I said to you was, I'm praying. <laughs> and, um, and then as the... The day progressed. Um, it was it was quite an eventful day. So um, we get out. Thank God, Melody's foot wasn't broken, and um, we we get her home on crutches. But as I'm driving home, I get a te a text through from um, Timmy on Messenger or something. He doesn't have a phone, um, but just saying, Mom, I don't feel well, and I've got a really bad headache. And I knew Jeremy wasn't well and was in bed. And um, I'm like, I'm on my way home. It's okay. And then I get home. You sister Melody in the door with crutches. And there's Timmy, beady-eyed, on the lounge, just not looking good at all. And Jeremy's lost his voice by this point in bed. And he says to me, oh, Helen, can one string and update us on her trip? Can she talk to you? And I went, yeah, yeah, okay. And then Adrian and Alicia, we get the privilege of having them stay with us on Saturday nights. And he said, they're coming soon too. And about that point, I hear the car coming down the driveway and um, my phone rings and it's Helen. And I look around and I just want to pray about this baby. And I go, Helen, how are you doing? That's wonderful. Hey, I've got a little bit going on. Could I call you back? But when I call you back, can you pray with us? She's like, of course. Thank you. I hang up. Assist Melody. Get Timmy into bed. Adrian Malisha walk in. I go, how are you guys? Can you come and wait in the lounge room and pray with us in just a moment? Just join the way. And um, just, just hold everything. So anyway... I um, prayed over Tim because he was like, Mom, my eyes, my eyes, I've got all this pain in the back of my eyes. 
And I said, Lord, what am I dealing with? And he said, it's a migraine. So I said, son, roll over. I'm, I'm going to massage your back. Steve had showed me how to, how to do trigger points to get rid of migraines. And next thing he says, Mum, the pain's gone from behind my eyes. So praise God. Then he says, Mum, the pain's gone from my head. I'm going to go and sit with Daddy and make him feel better. <laughs> I said, all right, will you take care of your father? Hallelujah. And um, then Melody's in bed and then finally everyone sorted. I come into Adrian and Malisha, ring Helen, put her on speaker, and I'm like, right, we're going to pray. And so Adrian then said, uh, could he share a dream he'd had that morning? And I, I won't um, steal anything from that. Um, but um, that was amazing. He shared and then we began to pray. And then after that prayer time, I contacted Steve to say, we've just finished praying. It was now about 9 o'clock at night. And I said, can I share with you what God has put in our hearts? Now, Michael, Adrian, yes. come on up. We didn't make him sit up the whole time because, you know, maybe a bit shy. But we want Adrian to share with you. Give him a hand. So we might go a bit over time. Is that all right? Because this is exciting, isn't it, hearing how this all unfolded. Adrian, tell us what you told Anita about the dream and the vision, what time it happened. That's important as well. So let's just talk about all that. Yeah, that's it. Are you Yeah. Uh, on uh, Friday night, I had a dream maybe in the four o'clock before we, yeah, uh, four in the morning. Yeah, four in the morning. On we Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. we no, Friday. Friday morning? Yeah, Friday morning. Friday? Saturday. 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 Saturday morning. Saturday morning. <laughs> he forgets his time. <laughs> 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 so from there, I, uh, we all wake up and prepare our, uh, we call it smoke and lunch. So I say, Louise, can you prepare breakfast? Uh, maybe I, I sleep a little while and then you can wake me up <laughs> and then we will have our breakfast and go for work. Sounds like a normal husband thing. Yeah. <laughs> From there, I was going to sleep. Just about two minutes, I see a vision. Yeah. Uh, I saw someone who was dying. Everyone was gathering their coffee. People were crying and looking around the coffee. And then I was there. And then I talked to them. Hey, people, why are you crying? You need to pray. We need to pray. Everyone needs to have faith in God and His Word. We need to trust and believe God. He will want our life. He will feel life again. And then I held the Bible. And then I say, This is God's Word. We need to believe. Everyone look at me. And I say, You are ready to pray? We need to pray that God will heal the dead person. Yeah. So he come alive. And I don't know who's the person. This is a dream that I saw. And he doesn't know anything about what's going on with Stephen Dragon, does he? And uh, from there we all praying and then praying and then from there the person was come alive. Mm. Yeah. God was healed the person. He was alive and then from there I was see Jesus was coming. Mm. I went with him. And then I saw many people they are worshiping in heaven. Yeah. There are many people I did. I stand at the front and never see a bike. Many people. Many people. And I was singing with them from there. I started to cry. Yeah. But Melissa was came and said, hey. So she ruined the dream. You were worshiping Jesus in the presence of God, and she wakes you up. But you love her. <laughs> I never, I never, I never heard what you say. I, I still continue to see what I saw in that vision. Yeah. And from there, maybe make, she was came to that. Another time, and I say, wait, 
Well, that could be one or two things. <laughs> he could be thinking right now, that's just beyond me and I, that's not what I needed to hear. Or it could be the other way that, and he goes, that's all resonating with me, what you're saying. He said, I believe and I'm going to do what you've said. And um, do you want me to pass to, to Steve here? Or? Yeah, to maybe just share a couple of minutes around what you did at that time. Um, straight after we got off the phone, <clears throat> I went inside, put more layers on, three big jackets because that was cold night and it was really windy so it was really cold. Um, and my beanie thing on and I went in, mum was just getting up to go outside and I said right, I grabbed her and said right let's go out, we're praying. And um, <laughs> she thought what, 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 I said no, we're just praying, just start praying life into this prayer mum. And um, so she's going just out the back, and I felt to just go, like Nina said, to where I'd seen this steamer. I definitely saw one, but I thought I saw two. And so I went over just beside us is um, one of the sheds for the farm, and I saw it on there because it was white, and I could see the black walking along, and it was just going very slowly, so that's what you do with the dog dog. And so I started at the beginning of the shed and just followed the track I saw this thing go. And Anita said she felt it was the spirit of fear taunting, in this natural, it was taunting us, but the dogs were protecting us is what I saw. And um, so I started there, and as I was there, I started just rebuking the spirit of fear away. Um, she said, you know, back up what, what you're seeing, what it's growing, because this thing was heading away from, she said, it's going, it's leaving. So I've started, but then I went around the corner, and those of you who don't know, we're on 300 acres where we are, so Scott has the um, guy who runs the farm we're on, owns it. He has grown all his tomatoes this year, so obviously at the end of the season. So we're at the beginning of the tomatoes, it's a big long road, and I stopped, uh, started there, and I just felt to repent. So for the next hour, I'm pretty sure it was about an hour, I just repented for everything. The fact that I, I knew what my call was and I had been running from it for many years now. And I just, for about an hour, just walking up and back, up and back, probably about, I think probably about 150 metres, 100 metres, something like that. So just up and back. And um, I heard a noise behind me at one stage and now two kittens had followed me over there and they were beside me walking up and back. <laughs> um, which is very strange. The female, she's very skittish. You walk near her, she scatters. Um, but they were both right beside me, coming that whole time. And um, so for now, I repented and just everything over our house. The kids have been sick for almost a week. Um, this with Jody, my mum's knees and hips have become worse for that week. Um, just within myself, everything. And um, I just laid it all out there. I really wanted this to be real. And so I thought, I'm going to do this. So I did that. And then I started prophesying and just declaring. And I honestly can't recall how long it was. I just, I don't know how many laps of this road I'd done. But mum said she went back in about quarter to 12. And um, I was out there for ages. And I just kept declaring life, declaring this, um, rebuking the enemy. Just get out of our house, get out. And I kept looking back to the house. And um, just like this with my hand, um, declaring, and um, yeah, that baby would make it to full term, and that would the baby would fulfil what God has obviously got destined on this baby, and um, yeah, and I just the cats were just like playing around my feet, almost tripped over at one stage, they almost tripped me, and then I obviously came back. And Jody said she only woke up at 2.30. And I, yeah, and so it must have been, put it this way, I lost my voice. I was speaking out so loudly. I hadn't done this for a very long time, but I had never prayed to the point or declared anything or prophesied anything, so I lost my voice. And I went back and crawled into bed. Um, and I just felt, it, you know, I had done what I needed to do. I woke, I was crook all day next next day. I think I woke up 
kids like always waking us up early, but I then went back to sleep. And I think it was about 11 o'clock or quarter to 11, I was waking up again. I got up for a bit and then went back to bed because I really wasn't feeling well. Um, so these guys, I'll tell you a bit there. So these guys, Thursday, no heartbeat on the Doppler thing. Friday, an actual scan, no heartbeat. Saturday. No, sorry, Saturday, Saturday, sorry, was the scan. No heartbeat, no pulse, no life. Uh, but all around this time, stuff's happening. God's spoken to Adrian in a vision, totally disconnected from what's going on here, that was totally relevant to what's going on. And he shared it with us on Saturday. And we shared it with Steve. Steve prays up a storm. The next day, he's not well. The kids are still unwell. Jody's still struggling. But something is stirring and something is bubbling. Um, Monday is scan day to confirm what's going on and to confirm uh, their worst nightmare, basically, that baby's not there. Uh, leading into Monday, on Sunday, one of your friends contacts you. We can touch on that really quick, not too long, but um, what they said. Yeah, so my friend Emma, um, I used to be a youth pastor down in Gosford, and one of my friends from down there, um, she had had a stillborn years ago, and um, she said to me, she messaged me on Sunday morning and said, I hope you don't think I'm crazy, I need to tell you what happened. She said, I was so devastated when you told me, because we'd announced it, we told everybody the Saturday night our baby is gone. And she said, I was so devastated, and I just was so angry, and um, she said, I drove to Jack's um, grave, and I was just praying for you, and I, had, and I saw this magnificent sunset. She said, I drove home and I went to bed and she said, I had this dream and I've never had an encounter with God like this before. It was interesting hearing Adrian's vision about being in heaven with all these people worshipping because her vision was of her and I in heaven with her baby Jack and our baby who she named Joshua and they were worshipping Jesus. And um, they were you know, playing and free and worshipping and um and God had already given us a name, um, and it was not Joshua, um, but I'm very big on name meanings, and so I looked up the name Joshua, and the name Joshua means God is salvation and deliverer, and so I said to my friend, and the night before I had said to God, God, now I have to name another dead baby, like I don't, you know, I refuse to give up this name that you promised would be a living baby, and you know, now what do I call this baby, and so when she told me this, I thought, okay, I guess we're naming this baby Joshua, and um, and then I said to her, you know, maybe God is telling me that he's going to deliver us from this pain. Um, you know, the name Joshua means deliverer. Um, so, yeah, she had shared that with me, and that was a small comfort to know that our baby was with Jesus, um, but obviously still devastated. Yeah, and then you, you were speaking to Steve that night, and you decided about having an induction. And, and at that time, you thought you felt flutters. So I went into Steve. I still hadn't asked, um, by the way, Steve had messaged me before he spoke to Anita. I was in bed already and he, he was outside. He had gone for a drive to be alone with God. And he messaged me and said, Anita wants to call and share something with us. Do you want to be part of that phone call? And I said, no, I don't. I said, I can't. I can't hear it. I can't, I can't go to that place right now. Um, I said, you take the phone call and tell me about it later. And um, so I didn't ask him about it. We didn't talk about it. And then the Sunday night, um, I went in and I said to him, I've decided I want to have an induction, I want to hold our little baby and um, have some photos and be able to process this and um, whatever. And then I asked him and said, okay, tell me what Anita said. And so he told me what Anita said and I said, that's really amazing, but I can't, I just can't, I can't be very honest with you. I can't pray those prayers. You need to pray and you need to stand in the gap for me because, because it hurts too much and I'm too afraid to hope for something that may not come um, and I really want this miracle but I said to him you know it's funny that um, that that um, afternoon evening I had been sitting on the lounge and I felt flutters in my tummy and I just quickly snatched that thought back and went no that's not flutters it's probably just gas or something don't be silly and then I lay in bed for a while longer after I told Steve and I felt it again and again I told myself don't hope on this that's not real it's not flutters you saw the baby was gone you saw with your own eyes this is just gas just stop thinking about it and i just went to sleep and forgot about it yeah so we jumped to monday and you traveled to your scan and to you in your heart this is the day that you'll get confirmation that baby is gone 
that there's been visions, there's been words, there's been support, encouragement, conflicting emotions, struggling with, well, Anita's saying this, but God's saying this, but yet this is happening and the frustration of all of that. On the way to your scan, a song comes on. Tell us about the song. Do you remember the words? Um, I've got them here. Good. Um, so we're driving to work and I'm having that debate in my head going, God, how did Adrian have this vision and my friend had a vision saying that she saw my baby in heaven? If my baby's in heaven, then how am I declaring my baby's going to come back alive and raise out of this coffin? You know, um, and God, when I went for my dating scan, you told me there'd be joy and rejoicing, and I'm driving there in complete despair this time. Like, how is this? It's just not matching up. And this song came on my playlist that I, I guess it was on my playlist, but I don't think I've ever paid attention to it or heard it before. And the verse, and I haven't well, it's called "May God Be Everywhere so, I Go." Yeah. So the verse said, the first verse says, "I've come alive in the strength of heaven. Eyes are open wide in the light of the sun." I've come alive in your grace and mercy. Darkness fades away until there is none. And there's one line in the chorus that says, your heart is beating forever with me. And so I just prayed in the car, just going, God, could it be? And I, I started to think about declaring to the world that our baby was alive again. And again, as quickly as those thoughts came, I snatched them back and said, Jody, don't talk yourself into something that is not going to come. Um, you're going to see this baby gone on the screen. That's what we're doing. I had an overnight bag packed in my car that told me I'd be staying in the hospital overnight that night. Um, everything was set. This baby was gone. I had seen it with my own eyes and I just couldn't. I knew that God was big enough to do a miracle. I knew that he could do it, but I didn't know if he would do it. I didn't know if that was the story he was writing for us this time. Um, and so I was still just in total despair and wanting to hold on to that song. And I just played it over and over again. It was just, you know, a devastating mess. But it was, you know. So you walk into the scan. Yeah. We've got something we want to show. But before we show it, is there anything else you want to say? Because I'm going to go up here. Yeah, so I, I want to make sure you can hear the sound. I got to um, Queensland X-ray and I sat in the car for a while. Um, uncontrollable mess of tears. And I walked in with my referral, which was for a welcome uh, health and wellbeing scan and I walked in I could barely speak and I said this, this is no longer a, a wellbeing scan this is now a confirmation scan the hospital has found no heartbeat and no flow and no um, life in this baby and so we went into the scan and they talked me through what they would be doing and um, and he said you know we'll go through the stomach and then we'll do another scan um, just to confirm everything and we knew what we were looking for and we knew what we were going to find and um, he started the scan, the screen was not on above me, so he just had the one in front of him. And he started the scan, and the room kind of just felt awkward for a moment. And I turned and I looked at the screen, and I was so confused by what I saw, because I saw my baby's head, and my baby was moving on the screen. And then Steve and the scan tech both looked at each other, completely confused, like, what's going on? And then he said to Steve, oh, he said to both of us, he said, are you sure you had an ultrasound? And I said, we did. I said, we saw, she checked three different angles. We saw the heart, there was no heartbeat, there was no flicker. We saw that there was no blood flow. And this baby was dancing in my womb. And he said, well, this baby is very much alive and moving and has a very strong heartbeat. And um, the whole half an hour, he just kept saying, I don't understand. I can't explain this. I don't know how this happened. And we said, well, our friend from church had this vision. And Steve prayed all weekend. And he said, he interrupted and said, it's a miracle. And we said, it is. It's a miracle. There's no other way to explain what we're seeing right now. And um, 
restore a heartbeat and that God would restore this baby to term because when we had our scan on the Saturday they said the baby was measuring 12 weeks in every measurement the baby was measuring 14 to 15 weeks so our baby had been fully restored and healed and um, such a weird thing I can't explain it I mean can I talk to my doctors to say and that's insane I can't explain it this is so strange I just can't explain it and our baby just moved and wriggled the whole time. So what's incredible is that God didn't only restore life, but back to full term. So now, before it was measuring 12 weeks, there's no denying it. Jody and Steve sat there. And, and watched as the person did the measurements and said, yeah, 12 weeks have died two weeks ago. And, and, and then a few days later, that's what you see. How good is our God? Amen. He's a restorer of life. You know, um, I spoke to Jeremy after, I don't know, I was still laying in the bed messaging going, oh my goodness, our baby's alive. And Steve's messaging everybody. And um, afterwards, we spoke. I spoke to Jeremy and I said, you know, what's strange is that, is that again, that Adrian had this dream saying, to, you know, command this person back to life, this child back to life. And my friend had this dream and, you know, it still in my head didn't match up that my friend had seen this baby in heaven. And Jeremy said, no, I believe that this baby was in heaven. I believe that this baby was with Jesus worshipping and that Jesus delivered this baby back to you. And and I don't believe that God was telling me to name this baby Joshua, but that God knows me and knows that I would look up the name because it means so much to me and that I would learn that this baby means salvation and deliverer. And that that's exactly what God did, that he saved this baby and that he delivered it back to us. And um, we got to experience this incredible miracle. And there's no denying it's a miracle when when there's evidence that there was no life. And and not only that, Jody puts it out there on, on social media and tells all their friends the baby's gone. I believe it was all part of God's plan that he would be glorified because what was death was brought back to life. And, and so this is encouraging. I don't know who, what you're facing in the room today, and I'm, it's most likely not a miscarriage or a loss of life in your womb, but so many of us have lost life in areas of our dreams, things that we're believing for, things maybe that you've been praying for for 5, 10, 20, 50 years, I don't know. But I believe the word from God today for all of us is that he is the restorer, he is the deliverer, and he can restore life to your broken dreams. So would you stand? Let's all stand. You guys stay up here too. Yeah. Jeremy. Um, so as Jeremy mentioned before, I run Junior Kids Club on a Tuesday, and, um, and on Friday, Amita and Jeremy run um, Big Kids Club. And so Tuesday this week, we've been talking all term about God's Word. And um, God's Word is living, God's Word is powerful, all of these different things. And this week, we talked about God's Word is sure and true. And so we threw a party on Tuesday and again on Friday and I was able to share this testimony to these kids and say, God's word is sure and true. And I shared the story of Jairus' daughter and I shared the story of Lazarus. And what was amazing is, you know, the story of Lazarus is that Lazarus was dead for four days in the tomb and Jesus called him out and he came back to life. And on Thursday we were told that our midwife couldn't find a heartbeat. Four days later, our baby was alive again. And on Tuesday, when I got to share this with the kids, one of the little boys who's been coming and really engaging so well with um, with Kids Club, he said to me after hearing our story, he said, wow, now I really know that God is real. He said, you know, I, I believed it before, but I was maybe only 50% sure, but now I'm 100%, no, I'm 200% sure. I, God is real. He's like, he has to be. And it was just, he's only, I think, seven. Like, it's just, it was just amazing to hear that come out of him, that he was like, but there was this doubt, and now there's none. I know that God is real. And so, you know, that for me just made everything worth it, that we have been through this incredible roller coaster of deep, deep grief, and then 
incredible joy and then being able to share it with the world but to be able to share it with these kids and here's one of them say that was just you know our bible teaches us that all things work together for good for those who love jesus now if you had to said that to jody after a second miscarriage <coughs> she might have taken a swing i don't know she wasn't happy because life was challenging difficult hard frustrating she wants to be a mum of a fourth baby, and that's brilliant. But it just hadn't happened to that point. But God can breathe life back into your broken dreams. God can restore your broken heart. He can mend whatever needs mending and knitting back together. The Holy Spirit can come and breathe life again into that which was dead. And so in this moment, as we close, and thank you for giving us extra time, because we couldn't rush that. There was so many elements to that story that glorify God and if we had have skipped them we would just would have missed a bit so it was how everything lined up from from Anita's and, and our faith throughout the storm of the two miscarriages to Adrian's vision totally separate from all of this but tying in so beautifully to Steve's warfare and prophecy and and the spirit of fear being got rid of I guess I couldn't think of the right words but yeah driven out by, by the, the man of faith who just dared to believe that God could breathe into a broken dream uh, and, and to Jody's friend having the vision of and, and the name of Joshua and meaning it all just ties in so beautifully it has to be the Lord it has to be God and the same God that has done this miracle and, and I believe God's going to use this story Jody this is brilliant that you've shared it today a shame that our online stream mucked up but we are recording it so it's going to be uploaded and you'll be able to share the link It'll be posted to our Facebook page later on uh, in the week. Uh, but God's going to use this story so powerfully, even if all it was, was for, for the little guy at Judy Kids Club, because I was there when he said it. He's like, oh, 50%, but, but no, now I'm 100, no, I'm 200% sure God is real. Like, wow, that just melted my heart. But it's not just going to be little kids. Adults are going to hear this story, and faith is going to be stirred again. God's going to be glorified with some of this morning. You deserve the playing it out. And so if you're facing a situation or a challenge or you know someone who is and you want to stand in the gap for them this morning, I just think, I can think of a better way to close than for us to reach out to the Holy Spirit. And I want Jody to pray for us. Uh, I've sprung that on you. I haven't warned you about that. But uh, when I went to Bible college, the one thing I learned was that if God's done something incredible in your life and others are believing for that same thing, get that person to pray because they've got the faith for it. And so Jody has been through this journey for a reason. God chose her. I don't know why it's his deal, not mine. And then he's chosen Jody and Steve to go through the most difficult of time. But the joy came in the morning. So I couldn't think of a better way to close. If that's you, just lift your hands up towards the Lord. If you need a breakthrough, if you need a miracle, if you've been praying for something that just hasn't happened, or maybe you've lost hope in a vision that God gave you, or, or, or maybe you unsure about the call of God on your life. I don't know what it is, but God's going to breathe life into you again and stir your faith and encourage you to even greater heights because he wants to use you for his glory. So, Jodie, would you pray for us? Thank you. Father God, thank you so much for your presence in this place. Thank you, God, because you are worthy. We've sung that this morning. You are worthy. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of glory, God. And right now, we just want to stand in this place and glorify your name. Name above all names. Beautiful name, precious Saviour, God, who can do all things. There is nothing that is impossible when the name of Jesus is called. And God, we've seen this incredible, amazing miracle happen where there was no life and you breathed life, God, where there was... You know such a grim report and then you turn it around for your glory and we just pray this morning God for each person in this room that whatever it is that people are here facing this morning God whether it's loss whether it's grief whether it's you know a work situation whether it's a financial situation whether it's a sickness whether it's depression whether it's a you know hopelessness situation whatever it might be God I just pray that you would put your hand on that situation God that you would you would um, break through and that you would see chains break God in the name of Jesus that you would not only break chains and, and open up 
um, just incredible opportunities for people, God, that you would pour your peace and your spirit on every single person in this room, God, that they would know that you are standing with them, God, and that you have not left them. Even when we are in a place of total despair and we're in a place where I go, God, I can't speak those words. You stand in the gap for us, God. You speak when we have no words. You intercede for us when we don't know what to pray. And when we are just completely lost and standing with our hands open, God, God saying to you, God, I've got nothing left. There's nothing else that I can say or offer. God, that's all that you need is complete surrender, God, complete faith. And so I pray for each person in this room, God, that as we stand in faith, right now, God, and we've heard this story this morning, that there would just be a complete surrender to you, God, and um, that you would even take, you know, faith as small as a mustard seed, God, that you would take that faith and you would expand it and you would see incredible things happen in people's lives, God, um, and that there would just be an overwhelming sense of peace and assurance in people's hearts today, God, and in people that might see this video later, God, that there would be this assurance that you are working and that you have not stopped working and that you are um, that you see so much further than we can see, God, and that you see what the bigger picture is and we just trust that to you today, God, and we surrender all that we are and all that we have um, into your hands, God, because you are the creator, you are the only person that can make the impossible possible. Yeah. And um, we just trust ourselves and our lives and our situations to you right now, God. We pray all these things in your mighty and powerful and amazing name. Yes. Amen. Amen. Amen.